The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to talk about something Tony Blair, the former British Prime Minister, has said in an interview with The Times. He has suggested that junk food should be made more expensive in order to tackle obesity amongst the poor. So they have a sugar tax in the UK and he wants it increased. Donald O'Shea is clinical lead in obesity with the HSE. Donald, we too have a sugar tax. I think it works out about 16 cents per litre of sugary drink. Should we also look at increasing it? Well, I think we should. I think it's one part of the solution. Uh, the, The sugar tax has worked incredibly well in driving both reformulation of of uh, sugar-sweetened drinks. So they brought them down below the high sugar threshold so it was a lower tax. Uh, in the UK, they kind of ring-fenced that money for uh, health and prevention uh, measures. Uh, we haven't done that in Ireland, but we have finally started to invest in treatment for people with obesity. So that's a positive. Has it had an impact on waistlines yet or is it too early to tell is that something that will take years to to work through yeah i mean the obesity is such a complex uh kind of condition that to point to one thing and say does it make a difference uh is nearly impossible Uh, what you can say is that uh since the sugar sweetened drinks tax was introduced uh the total amount of sugar consumed in sugary drinks has dropped the total number, uh, the total volume of, uh, if you like, fizzy drinks sales has increased. So sales volume is up and sugar consumption is down. So that's that's a positive effect overall. Whether that uh, actually affects the the kind of pounds yeah. and inches is hard to say. So sorry, is that is that that's because of that reformulation? So we're buying more fizzy drinks, but the volume of sugar is down because they're putting less sugar into it. Exactly. And that's a that's a a legislative measure uh, being incredibly effective at achieving what you want. I think Tony Blair was looking at a kind of uh, kind of highly processed, um, high, you know, confectionery tax uh, Mm. in addition to the sugar tax, uh, which I think would be uh, an excellent uh, way forward. Uh, it's unfortunate. Maybe some people will think that we should be taxing this, but we're getting about 25% of our daily calories from ultra-processed top shelf of food pyramid uh, foods and dr- beverages. Mm. And that's way too much. And affordability impacts on that. It, it's interesting, though. I, re- I remember in the discussion and debate before we implemented this, there was a suggestion it might change consumer behaviour, but it doesn't sound like it has. It's changed. It, what it's done is it's changed the 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 behavior or the policy of the companies manufacturing these products. Uh, that's its biggest impact. And and in terms of public health measures, if you can have uh, people defaulting to a healthier lifestyle by consuming less sugar in their uh, sugar sweetened drinks, uh, then that's a fairly powerful uh, weapon. Uh, the the social gradient is a big problem in obesity in children and 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 the impact of COVID on that. I was looking what, at the what UK does social figures. gradient mean? So uh, if you take the uh, least uh, educated, least well off parts of society uh, in the UK, and we map closely, thirty one percent of uh, teenage girls uh, have uh, obesity, compared to twelve percent in the uh, better off, better educated uh, parts of society. 
um, and and uh, that's magnified uh, since uh, COVID came along. Uh, and I'm sure you will see the same pattern in Ireland because we do track closely with our, our UK neighbours. Ian O'Doherty is with us as well, a columnist with the Irish Independent. Uh, Ian, given it, it has changed the behaviour of, of those manufacturers, the people who are responsible for the products on the shelves. Is there an argument in favour of increasing the sugar tax and bringing in an ultra-processed tax as well? No, there's not. Where to begin, Kieran? Where to begin in this? Uh, for starters, can I just say that Tony Blair and his goon sidekick, Alistair Campbell, both of them should be sitting in a cell in The Hague for war crimes. Um, and after waging war against the Iraqis, now Blair is waging war against poor British people. Leave the working class alone. Will people, will the, will the middle class establishment please stop trying to make the lives of ordinary working class people that little bit more miserable and that little bit more difficult? I mean, we're seeing it in London with the ULEZ. You know, the ultra-low emission zone thing, where basically drivers who can't afford to buy a new car will be charged twelve fifty a day. So that means the average electrician, the average worker, they're going to be charged more. It's almost like the middle class in England are waging war against the working class out of revenge for Brexit, which is one of the theories that's doing the rounds. But even Professor Carol Sikora, who's a leading cancer expert with the World Health Organization, and it wouldn't be often I'd agree with anything that the WHO has to say. He's come out and he just said Tony Blair's arrogance knows no bounds. Mm. Public health is not about bans, taxes and restrictions. Let's hear a positive message encouraging and enabling people to take responsibility for their health. And that's really how you get, how you win hearts and minds. Like, for example, rather than trying to tax people into virtuous behaviour, one of the positive things, and I've always said this, is we should reintroduce home economics into every class. And now I'm going to name drop here, but Anthony Wardane once told me that basically by the time, by the time, sorry, I couldn't resist. By the time every kid leaves school, they should be able to properly cook a steak, properly roast a chicken, and know how to do a stew or a casserole. Now what we're seeing at the moment with the obesity levels is the result of people really not knowing how to cook. That's so, rather than just taxing a Big Mac, which all you're doing is just taxing the working class and taxing the poor. But, what, but, but when you say, ta- like, you know, taxing people into virtuous behaviour, the way Donald describes it is that virtuous behaviour, actually, that change in behaviour, was on the manufacturer's side. Well, no, I'm talking about Blair's plants. Yeah, but I'm, but, but the, the, the value in that tax, maybe, is not that it's forcing or it's kind of wagging the finger at, at, at the working class or forcing them to change behaviour. They don't have to change behaviour, but possibly it will change the behaviour, the manufacturing processes of some of those big food companies and well, food so, will so get healthier are, as a consequence. There's a, there's a difference between making coke less sugary and taking fat out of a burger. You know, they're two completely different issues, Kieran. They really, they really are, you know. Um, and Blair specifically was speaking about poor people and about burgers and he was talking about fatty foods. So now let's put it this way, the fattiest food that you can possibly get is foie gras. I doubt that they're going to be putting a tax on that. I doubt that they're going to be putting a tax on very fancy, very expensive, very creamy French cheese, right? This is yet again, and it can only be described 
as an attack on the working class. And weirdly, I mean, and Tony Blair is, is a, as Peter Hitchens refers to him, the creature, right? He's a very, very odd man. And when it was put to him that his plans to expand the sugar tax, which they brought in in 2018, and to expand this fat tax and to expand these attacks on the poor, when it was put to him at the time seminar that he was speaking at, that this is just another example of the nanny state, Blair turned around and said, well, that would be a minority opinion. What does that even mean? He didn't deny that it was an example of the nanny state. He just said, well, that's a minority opinion. What, had, had he done opinion polls? And does the minority opinions not count? How does he know it's a minority opinion? It's a... I was, sorry, I was about to swear there. It's a bogus argument um, coming from a man who should be in jail. And we shouldn't be paying any attention to it. Donal, are we guilty of lecturing working-class people on what they should and shouldn't be eating? Uh, I mean, I agree that uh, positive um, uh, messaging and positive uh, action is is always better. Uh, but when it comes to the food and drinks industry, uh, they are nothing but profit-driven. And anything that would uh, drive them to reformulate... Um, so that we have less obesity would be good. The problem with uh, saying leave the working class alone is that the working class uh, have more obesity and have more of the complications of obesity and are dying earlier or living longer with more years of chronic disease. So you have to target your measures to try and reverse that. Ian? But if but if if if, if those figures if thirty if thirty one percent of teenage girls from lower income households are overweight or obese compared to twelve percent from higher income households, is is there not an argument that you do meddle? No, no. What you do is you invest, right? And this goes back into what I was saying: invest in home economics, put some serious money into teaching people how to be self-sufficient and how to cook. You invest more into sport, particularly into girls' sport, so they maintain a fitter lifestyle. You can do all of these things which are positive, which improves people's lifestyles, improves their health, improves their emotional and mental health, without basically making them pay 20 quid for a Big Mac and talking about, oh, the poor, they're all stupid, they don't know how to eat. Donal, I know you're not going to argue against uh, the things that Ian is advocating for there in terms of, you know, increased investment in sport and positive change. So let me ask you, do we put enough emphasis on those things? Uh, I think uh, the school as a setting for, uh, you know, uh, lifestyle education is critical. I, I think the new SPHG, Social Physical Health Education Curriculum, uh, incorporates uh, cooking skills um, and and incorporates um, kind of a physical activity uh, education. Uh, I, I, you can't do enough of that. I would like to see a lot more investment in that and everyone leaving school, you know, able to approach an egg and, and know what to do with it. Um, you, you know, we have to aim at that. But you 
at the same time have to look at other measures. Uh, and when you see what the sugar tax did to mm. industry uh, and the kind of net fall in sugar consumption while more fizzy drinks were being consumed, uh, so that's win-win. That's win for the uh, food and drinks industry because their products are selling. And it's win for the consumer on the health sense because there's less sugar going in. The same would happen if we taxed um, the uh, other um confectionery and, and high-fat, ultra-processed foods. Donal O'Shea, who's the clinical lead on obesity for the HSE and Eno Doherty, columnist with the Irish Independent. Thank you both uh, very much. As soon as Donal mentioned, uh, you know, being able to boil an egg, I'm reminded always when people say that of the great Winston Churchill quote, Boil an egg? Of course I can do it. I've seen it done. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.